Welcome to the American Pipeline Podcast, part of the Hockey News Podcast Network and brought to you by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting virtually across from me is Sydney Wolf. Sydney, how you doing? Doing good. It's really hard to believe it's December today, which is really weird. Nuts. The first day that we're recording. I feel like we just started this podcast. When was it? October, like a couple weeks ago. So really, really strange today. It's like time just flies by. I feel like we just stopped recording last week's podcast. Now there's an entire new week to, uh, you know, to recap. There's an entire new week that's happened. Everyone's, you know, everyone's posting their Spotify raps that are really making me feel oh, like, yeah. holy smokes, that 2022 just flew by. Like I was all, I was just getting the hang of writing like 2022 as the year that it is on like documents and, and stuff. Changes. Yeah. And now I'm gonna have to do it all over again. Crazy. Um, well, speaking of the week that was, why don't we take a, why, why don't we uh, just kind of take you all through what happened in the, the, you know, the NCAA USHL, anything like that. Let's start off with the Michigan high school boys hockey, which has started. And I remember we were talking about that last episode, you know, we were getting really excited. You're in you're uh, um, sorry, not Mi Michigan, Minnesota. Well, I think in... Michigan might've started too. Oh, so it's probably also accurate. <laughs> but for you, you're in, you're, you're located in Minnesota. So you've been watching lots of stuff uh, in the Minnesota high school boys hockey. Uh, tell us what you've learned so far. Yeah, I'm not obviously going to talk too much about that, but there's a couple players I know people are interested about that are mm -hmm. in the American pipeline and especially names to watch for the draft coming up next year. So I kind of went through that like preseason draft list that they rated players like ABC, that kind of thing, and just uh, took a look at who officially is going back to high school, who's staying in juniors, that sort of thing. And since I'm in Minnesota, obviously I watch a lot of these kids throughout the year. So we officially know kind of who's doing what for their path throughout the American pipeline, as as we call it. Uh, but I did want to say I was able to watch Warroad last week in person. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, Jason Shagabe, really, really good. Really impressed. He was really just, he was just lighting it up out, out there on the ice. He was one of those players every time he had the puck, really exciting to watch. He was just a pest on the forecheck. Whenever someone had the puck in their own zone, uh, he would just skate back there and literally just take it away from the other team. Tons of times. I couldn't even count how many times he did that. Great puck, puck protection. Nobody was able to just go up to him and bump him off the puck or anything. And I think he has like six points in, in two games. So definitely a player to keep your eye on for the draft next year. I think he was a B rating in the preseason scouting, but I was really, really impressed watching him this weekend. He was just, he was, he was really good. So he's committed to Minnesota Duluth. I think he's got a, a really long career ahead of him. So had a lot of fun watching him in person, but a couple of other prospects, some players I wanted to make notes of. So one player that was, uh, that's kind of in between right now. I've heard a couple things through the grapevine, uh, but Landon Gunderson, he, plays for Maple Grove High School. He was playing in juniors, I believe, for Madison a couple weeks ago. He is listed on the Maple Grove roster, so I assume that means he's going back to high school. But I heard from a couple people on Twitter through the grapevine that he has what sounds like a pretty bad lower body injury, so they're hoping he's able to get back into the season towards the end, but they don't really know. So that's kind of sad news. I am hope he's able to get back in the spring and hopefully still still play towards the end of the high school season but mm. i'm not really sure what his timeline is with his his lower body injury so i assume that's why he returned to high school because obviously otherwise you'd just be sort of sitting out in the ushl so that's kind of some unfortunate news he was a c rating on that on that preseason list so a player to watch whenever he's able to return if he's able to return and then we had a bunch of returners players going back to their high school teams 
all these players were on that C list for the preseason scouting list, players to watch for the NHL draft next year. Chase Cheslock of Rogers, he's a he's a really big defenseman. He's back. Uh, Ryan Caring, I believe is how you say his name, of Eden Prairie. Hampton Slukinski, a goaltender name to watch possibly for some of the some of the later rounds uh, in the draft next year. Teddy Townsend, who's been kind of like a a big name in people have been that people have been talking about. He's going to be playing for Eden Prairie. Uh, Cooper Conway's back at Andover. Colton Jameson is back at Creighton Durham Hall, and Gavin Thorson is also back at Andover. I think all of those players are committed to colleges now, so they're going to be playing NCAA. They're all back. And then a couple players that were also C-rated prospects that are gone. They're not playing high school. They decided they'd rather play juniors in the USHL. Uh, Joe Grammer, Joe Schiller, Ty Hansen, and, and Tanner Ludke. So they've all made their decisions. You know, there's no right or wrong way to go about the American pipeline, whatever leagues you want to play in. But those are just some updates, I guess, uh, on my end from Minnesota, some prospects that have decided they're either going to stay in their high school programs, play in juniors, all that stuff. And I'm sure after the next few weekends, we can take a look at, at some of the some of the top players and how they're doing. Fantastic. All right. Then we got 15-year-old Sasha Boomedian, who was tender with Youngstown. Yeah, so this was kind of a big tender signing the other week. So this is a Swedish player who is playing in America. It looks like he's playing for the Ohio Blue Jackets, the AAA team right now. He's pretty young, so only 15 right now. Uh, but he looks like he's going to be a really high-level player. It sounds like he's going to be skating for the 16U Swedish national team. Obviously, you don't just play on that team for no reason. So you got to be uh, a pretty good for that. Uh, and his dad was uh, was an NHL player, so I'm sure lots of people know who that is. Uh, so kind of a, a legacy player, which is cool to see some familiar names. Uh, but it looks like so far he has quite a few points for the Ohio Blue Jackets. And if he's already tendered to the USHL, that means that team must, Youngstown must really see a lot of, of positive things in his play and in his game uh, because he's so young. So that'll be really cool to see. I assume he'll be skating for Youngstown probably next year, I'd assume, since he signed a tender. But that's definitely a name to uh, watch here in the coming years and, uh, and a good prospect. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a look at the USHL standings because there's some pretty interesting things going on here, specifically with the transactions and commitments. Let's do the standings first and then we'll go we'll go through any transactions, any commitments and what's not. But uh, yeah, USHL be really interesting lately. Yeah. So we haven't really talked about the standing standings mm. at all on the podcast yet. So I just wanted to quick touch on them, how some of the teams are doing, because we don't need to talk about it every single week, wins and losses. Uh, but so far, the the teams with the most wins I guess you could say are Fargo and Lincoln are at the top uh right now they're doing pretty well they both have 12 wins uh and some of these teams have more games played some have a little bit less but they're generally all around the same area so Fargo Lincoln and then Chicago and Waterloo are all doing pretty well they're sort of on that top chunk and then we have a bunch of teams sort of in the middle and at the bottom right now with some of the least wins right now we got Omaha Des Moines Sioux Falls and Madison so a couple of teams that have really good players, but maybe not the depth like others teams have. It kind of just depends. We're still got plenty of the season left to go, but those are just kind of how the standings have been so far. So we got a couple teams at the top, a couple teams at the bottom. But since we're still early in the season, there's plenty of time for teams to move up, move down, acquire some players, trades, all that good stuff. 
Love it. Love it. All right. Let's go through the transactions and commitments because this, I mean, obviously this is going to have a lot of uh, a sort of bearing over what happens in the NCAA next year. Um, starting off with Maxime Sturbeck. Yeah. So there was a couple of notable commitments for this week. So just wanted to make note of a couple of them. So Maxim Sturbeck, I believe is how you say his last name, but he committed to Michigan state. That was a really big uh, commitment. He's another name to possibly listen for, look out for, for the draft next year. He's playing for Sioux Falls right now, which hasn't been the greatest team in the USHL, but they still have some good players, obviously. Um, Jared Mangan committed to Clarkson. He's playing for Lincoln right now. Uh, Tanner, I just interviewed him the other day and wrote a story about him. I don't know how to say his last name, though. I think it's Tanner Bruinder uh, is how you say his last Bruinder, name. Bruinder, probably. Yeah, um, which is yeah. funny. I, I just talked to this to this guy. Uh, like You never want to ask him, like, more. hey, how do you pronounce your name? You know, like, that's, that's an awkward yeah. question to ask at the start. I get it. I understand. Yeah, and sometimes I even look up, like, calls to see online of people to mm -hmm. see how they called their goals couldn't couldn't find any uh on youtube i'm sure there's some on different streaming but tanner i'm sorry i didn't know how to say your last name but he committed to northern michigan he also plays for sioux falls again not the greatest record for that team right now but they still have some really promising prospects uh hunter haiti committed to uh, bu boston university he plays for the steel and then mikey burchill i believe was previously if i'm not mistaken a umass but he decommitted and now Michigan picked him up. So that's a big commit for Michigan. Some people were sort of interested to see with after all the Mel Pearson drama of the summer, yeah. if Michigan was still going to get a bunch of high level commitments or if it was sort of going to tail off and they have still got a really good uh, crop of players committed there. So that's obviously not really affecting things right now, but there were still some also interesting transactions and stuff. I was looking at the list of <laughs> suspensions and I'm not even going to read through all of them because it looks like in the last week there was like a ton. So you can Google it if you want to look up each of the players and like what they were suspended for. But there were so many on here. Like there's more than 10, I think, between November like 23rd to the 26th. So if you want to look them up, you can go look them up. But this week it's it's way too many <laughs> for me to even talk about. This seems to happen all the time now. Like we'll always go like, all right, let's look, let's look at suspensions. And the USHL has got like a crazy list of the, what is happening yeah, in this league? I, I don't know, but there was a lot from last week. Uh, and some of them were kind of funny ones where it says what offense was listed. So feel free to go ahead, explore, have a laugh. Um, and they're all for different teams too. It's not like one or two teams, like if they got in a brawl or something, it's a mm -hmm. lot. So feel free on your own time, dive into that. But transactions, there was a couple that I actually can read because there's all not right. like 20, 20 million things. Uh, but there was quite a few players returned from injured reserves. So that's really good news. Players healing up, able to play again. So Henry Nelson of Lincoln returned from IR. Tucker Shedd of Omaha, Damon Gardner of Tri-City is back, and then Liam Lesakowski of Cedar Rapids all returned from IR. So hopefully that means they're healed up, they're healthy, they can play. A couple players added to injured reserve, so not so good news. Hopefully they're not too injured. I haven't heard too much about either of these, but Matthew Romer of Omaha was added to their IR, along with Connor Smith of Cedar Rapids. Uh, one trade from the past week, Jack Sparks traded Lincoln to Muskegon, so that's something to note. Uh, and then Madison is still sort of rotating players in their roster. They traded some players. It looks like they just added a player. They've had a couple of those here 
in the past few weeks. That could be because, you know, they're towards the bottom of the standings that we just went through. So maybe they're trying some new things, trying to rotate in some new players, see how that all goes. You know, when you're at the bottom of the standings, sometimes you want to rotate in some new faces, see how they do with your players. So that could be part of it. But again, if you want to see all of that stuff, you can just Google these transactions and suspensions, all that stuff. But that's sort of what's been happening in the USHL here this week. Very cool, right? Let's switch over a little bit to take a look at some players that would be notable throughout the week, starting with Quinn Finley, who's on a nine-game point streak. Guy's an Islanders draft pick, and he's a Wisconsin commit playing in Madison. Yeah, so these, I'm not sure if these were extended to this past weekend, but I know last week I saw after we recorded, so must have been in the weekend sometime, uh, but I saw Quinn Finley, who we talked about a couple weeks ago when we talked about uh, the Islanders draft picks and all that stuff. Quinn Finley's been having a really, really good season. Uh, and he was on a nine-game point streak. Uh, he's Wisconsin commit, so I assume he's going to be heading to college next year. But that's really cool to see. He's been putting up a lot of really good points this year. And then uh, another big point streak I saw online was Anthony Mangini, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, he was on an eight-game point streak, so really good one there. And he committed to UMD, I think it was like a month or two ago. So he's also probably going to be headed to that college college route, uh, I assume, next year or something like that. And he's playing for Fargo, and obviously they're at the top of the standings. I thought the Quinn Finley one was interesting because he's been such a good player, along with Miko Matica, who's been playing on the opposite wing. He's a Arizona draft pick, I'm pretty sure. They've been doing really good, but Madison has not been doing really good as a team. So they have two really good players, but I just assume that means the depth or or something else in Madison uh isn't isn't quite matching up. And then we have Logan Cooley who pulled off of Michigan, which this is happening more and more. Yes. Now. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of Michigan goals lately or just more or just lacrosse goals in general I guess you can call them some people uh, will say Michigan but it's kind of just yeah lacrosse style goal you know you can chalk that up to whatever you want maybe seeing more of those in the in the NHL or because of Trevor Zegras you know you never know but there's been some really cool um, goals that have been scored and Logan Cooley pulled off this Michigan uh, at Mullet Arena so that was kind of cool to see him do that since you know connections with Arizona and and all that stuff so he pulled off of Michigan against Arizona State so that was pretty cool uh, and I think there was another Michigan and lacrosse style goal I think it was Ohio State this last week but I thought it was interesting since we just talked about Logan Cooley on the last podcast yeah. last week so obviously he pulled off of Michigan that's always a big deal so if you want to go watch clips of that i've i've seen a couple of them uh on twitter and instagram and all that stuff and against arizona state that's uh it's poetic considering where <laughs> yes yeah yeah 100 all right and then we got we got another uh, potential like star in the making here someone who was you know being at the draft this year like th this guy's name was all over the place you know hoping he, that he was going to fall who's going to take the pick it's it seemed like he was the next like sort of i would say you you have in our prep you have the Adam Fox uh, comparison here, and I would say maybe like even the defensive version of like DeBrincat in the sense that you know a smaller guy who dropped in you know into the second round when he probably shouldn't have is Lane Hudson, and who is just absolutely tearing it up right now. Fourteen points in twelve games as a freshman, and he's only yeah. Five you know that's I've been seeing a lot of people tweeting about him uh, like last week. 
because that is a huge stat to have, especially A, as a freshman, and B, as a freshman defender. You know, that's even harder. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of freshman forwards who might be able to have good years and do that. But Lane Hudson has been really good. And it's especially hard when you're a young player and you're also shorter, which obviously I'm not saying shorter players are worse or anything, but it's just harder when you're playing in college hockey. You got some guys that might be like 25 and they just have years and years of experience. They're probably going to play more physical. So the fact that he's been putting up all these points is insane. And I know you just mentioned it. Some people have been saying, you know, that's almost comparable to Adam Fox and his, I think it was draft mm. year plus one, something like that. So he's been just absolutely tearing it up uh, for BU. And I think he's just going to end up being a, a super good player, absolutely electric player. We'll see what he does for next year if he chooses. Again, there's plenty of these high-level players. If they choose to immediately sign after their first year, if they want to keep playing college and keep developing, we'll see. There's still plenty of games left, so we'll have to sort of just wait and be able to see if he's able to keep up his his points production that he's at right now because it's pretty remarkable right now. That's, I mean, obviously, that's crazy. Like, like you said, doing it as a freshman is just insane. Like, especially as a defenseman, as again, like you said, like it's just so in the NHL at least, it takes longer for defensemen to break in and to to acclimatize themselves um, than than forwards for sure, because so much of their game is is sensory and and you know and learning. And the fact that he's coming in and dominating, like he's not just putting up points, he's dominating the way he is. Incredible. Um Speaking of freshmen, though, Ryan McAllister is leading the entire NCAA in scoring. And considering the amount of freshmen we've talked about this year who are having crazy hot starts, that's a big deal. Yeah, I feel like there's actually been a really strong freshman class in the NCAA this year. We just talked about Lane Hudson, obviously Fantilli. We've been talking about plenty. Jimmy Snuggerud has been really good. There's there's a ton. Uh, but Ryan McAllister, I feel like if you talk to a lot of fans of the NCAA or fans of even Western Michigan, they saw Ryan McAllister put up a lot of really big points in the AJHL last year, but he wasn't a, he's not a drafted player. Uh, he just came into college hockey this year and now he's, now he's leading the nation in scoring as a freshman. He's even above Fantilli. So that's kind of crazy because he's probably going to be a pretty high level free agent then if he's able to keep, keep this pace up. Cause he's literally above Fantillion scoring right now uh, but you also have to kind of look at it some of his his teammates have also been doing really well so that probably helps him put up some of those numbers but really cool to see him doing so well and part of that is Western Michigan's offense does lead the nation right now uh, so they have like I think it was the best statistical offense when I just looked a couple minutes ago and his teammate Jason Poland too uh, is the first NCHC player to have three hat tricks in, in one season they just made a post about that and we're still really early in the season so Western has some some really <laughs> powerful uh, uh, players right now, and they've been putting up some really good goals. Absolutely. All right. Now, here's a question that, you know, I've, it's been kind of on my mind as well uh, to ask you. And I know this happens every year, but we have to talk about it, especially with the paces that some of these guys are on, is a lot of these guys are going to go to the World Juniors, Lane Hudson, Adam Fantilli, et cetera. Will the, do you think that leaving for the World Juniors, you know, going to, uh, you know, uh, to Halifax, you know, I'll, I'll be there, which is cool, but like going to Halifax, uh, you know, interrupting their season, do you think that's going to throw off the pace or, or stop the momentum of these guys? Yeah, I think that's going to be something interesting to watch. And I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, people online have been saying too, that might also throw off some of the, some of the Hobie Baker award nominations and stuff like that. Cause you're going to 
likely miss a couple of mm-hmm. games depending on you know how all all the teams do and stuff like that but when you see players like lane hudson adam fantilli who we've talked about they've been tearing it up they're gonna miss a chunk i assume unless you know the teams lose right away or or some dramatic fashion but they're going to be missing some time with their teams they're going to be out doing something else which isn't bad obviously world juniors is is awesome and gives you an awesome experience you get to play against some of the best players but that means you know their teams are going to be without them so their teams might struggle a little bit since they don't have those players and then they're also going to have to go adapt to that style of play come back to college hockey and see if they can keep up with what they were doing previously so that's going to be something to watch here, especially as as we get closer to World Juniors and and over the next month, because players are going to have to go out there and then come readapt when they when they get back. So that's going to be interesting, and possibly could have could affect the the Hobie Baker conversation too. It's going to be huge. All right, um, a, a tournament that I love because it has friendship in the title. The Friendship Four tournament in Belfast happened um, last week. It was you know Quinnip- uh, Quinnipiac. Uh, Dartmouth, UMass, and UMass Lowell all took part. Um, ended up being uh, uh, Quinnipiac winning in a shootout over UMass, and UMass Lowell took third place. Let's break this down. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it too because I, I I like the t- the title of the tournament. I, the like I love sport. it. It's got friendship in the title. It's you know, and great. it's cool that it's a it, it's like an international tournament. They get to mm-hmm. go out play some hockey in front of some new crowds, but. It actually looked like the games were pretty good. I wasn't able to watch any of them, but it looks like that championship game, Quinnipiac won, but it was in a shootout. So obviously pretty close game there uh, over UMass. And then UMass Lowell took third over Dartmouth. I think UMass Lowell was down like three to zero or something. So they had to they had to kind of rally and come back from that. Uh, and I sort of wonder if, if any of the fans that were watching that tournament who weren't necessarily college hockey fans were kind of confused because there's UMass and UMass Lowell, which can probably be confusing if you're not from America and be like, aren't these the same? They're both UMass, but, but not really. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, that tournament happened and it looked, looked like fun. It looked like quite a few people got out and watched some college hockey there. All right. Now it's the most anticipated segment of the week. It's, it's Sydney's team and player to watch. Let's go through the team first. You have Long Island university. Yeah. So this team is definitely not a team that's, that's, you know, tearing it up. They don't really have the best record necessarily, but I wanted to put them as the team to watch because they had a huge, huge win over Ohio State this last weekend. I think they split. Uh, Ohio State, I want to say, was like between like 10 and 15 in the polls or something. So they were up there and they beat Ohio State three to two. Long Island University, a, a really new D1 program. I think they started being Division One like two or three years ago. So they're a new program. They haven't really had many wins over those those few years, and this was their first ever win against a ranked opponent. So it was a huge win for Long Island, and I just wanted to shout them out because that's a, that's a hard thing to do when you start up a new Division One program. You don't just start winning games right away. Like it's it's hard to get a team going. You know, recruit good players, utilize the transfer portal has been a big thing too. So it's it's hard to get those first few big wins when you're a new program. So I wanted to shout out Long Island. It's really cool to see them get a big win like that. And they're led by Anthony Vincent right now. He's got just over a point per game, 14 points in 13 games. He was a transfer from Holy Cross. So really cool to just see their program get, get a huge uh, historic win. And being able, yeah, like that, that's a, that's a huge upset over the Ohio state university. That's what I like yes. to say. Um, all right. Your player of the week. Who's that? 
So player of the week this week is a player that has been having really good numbers, but I haven't seen too many people actually talk about him yet this year. So I thought I would talk about him then. Let's do it. Because he deserves it. Exactly. It's Jack Randall, who currently plays for Nebraska Omaha. I believe he's a junior. I I wrote senior on our notes document, but I believe he's mm-hmm. a junior, third year. But he plays for UNO, and uh, currently I just looked at the goals per game stat, and it looks like he's leading the nation in goals per game. He's got 13 and 14, so that's almost a goal uh, uh, per game, which is cool. And he has 18 points in those 14 games, so they're mostly goals. Most players, you know, might have half goals, half assists, something like that. He's got almost a goal per game, which is really, really cool. So he plays for UNO. He had a year. Oh, he is? Actually, never mind. He might be a senior. He's one of those players who had that weird sort of transition. He played for one year of college at Michigan, then went back to the USHL, then now is back in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know how eligibility works in those situations, but he's at Omaha now and he's killing it. So 18 points in 14 games, almost a goal per game. And he's just been really, really good. He's 22. He's from Illinois. Five foot ten, so pretty much like average height there. But he's doing really good, and I haven't heard too many people talk about him. So Jack Randall, shout out, player to watch, player of the week, all that good stuff. Shout out, Jack Randall. All right. Now, you know, like we say, we go through a team every week and we break down all their prospects in the American pipeline. This week we're doing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Only really have four. But there, there's some interesting ones. Let's start off with Chase Yoder, who is a Providence. He's got 11 points in 15 games, sixth round pick in 2020. Yeah, so pretty solid player. If you just look at his stats, you already said him. Five foot ten, again, pretty average uh, center drafted back in the sixth round in 2020. He was a former national team player. So again, we always say this, but that's hard team to make. So obviously. Some some talent there. He is from Texas, which is kind of kind of interesting. Some hockey players out of Texas, cool to see. Uh, he's a junior, so he still has another year to, or possibly two with the COVID eligibility. But he still has some time left at the collegiate level to develop. But he's one of those players where if you go in and you kind of look at his stats, he looks like he's improved every year so far that he's he's been in college. He's been in the NCAA. So if I was him, I assume that he would just keep going in college and just keep developing, keep getting better and better because every year he's he's gotten a little bit better and he's gotten a couple more points. So he's been having a pretty solid season, having a pretty good season so far for Providence, who's also been a pretty good team this year. Like we say, you know, there's a we love these prospects who come in and they improve every year. They they elevate their game every year. You know, that's always the good thing to, even if they don't start super high, uh, seems what he's doing here. All right. Now we got Daniel Lotch um, or Lock Lotch. I think it's Lotch. Um, I'm, I put I'm, exactly how they said it on their pronunciation sheet, but I still have some questions for how they put it on their pronunciation sheet. Exactly. So. Now, I, <laughs> this isn't on me not being able to pronounce Quinnip- Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. I mean, that is hard. Yeah, it is. It's difficult, but that that's one thing I'm trying to improve on. But Daniel Lock uh, of Wisconsin, um, he's a six foot five defenseman uh, in a seventh round pick in 2021. Yeah, he was that number 215 overall pick uh, last year. And he's not a player, again, that's putting up crazy points or anything, but he's sort of that big defenseman. So that's probably why Pittsburgh wanted him. He only has two points in 14 games. But again, that's not really a big deal necessarily if you play for Wisconsin because we've sort of talked about this but Wisconsin has not been a great team in the past few years so if you see players that are drafted but they don't have great points for Wisconsin I wouldn't necessarily I would just take 
that stat with a grain of salt because they just haven't been a good team for the past few years. So you can't really just expect a lot of these players to go into that program and just explode for all mm-hmm. of these points or anything or have these crazy good stats. Um, but uh, yeah, Daniel Lotch, I, that's just how I'm going to pick how to say it. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's only a sophomore, so really young still. He has plenty of time to do whatever he wants, keep playing college, keep developing all that good stuff. He was also a national team player, so some skill there. And he just looks like sort of that solid uh, big defenseman that you'd want on the blue line. There you go. I mean, for look, a seventh round pick, one of the last in the entire draft. I mean, come on. How crazy high are you? Kind of a gamble for those players. Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of throwing darts at the board. Hopefully it works out. Big guy. We'll see. Um, Then we got Tristan Braz of Denver, uh, six foot center from Minnesota. He was a second round pick in 2021. So a little more heightened expectations here. Yeah, so for Tristan, uh, so he has sort of had an interesting NCAA career. So he actually played for Minnesota last year. He's from Minnesota. He had 11 points in 36 games. He was one of those players who entered the transfer portal. Uh, So he played freshman year with Minnesota. I'm not sure if the season necessarily went how we wanted, especially as a second round pick. Uh, You know, there's a lot of expectations put on those first and second round guys to immediately step into the collegiate scene and just do really good, put up really huge points uh, because Tristan bros had really, really good numbers in the USHL prior to coming into college. That's part of why he was drafted really high second round pick in, in 2021. So I'm not sure his, his freshman year was sort of how he wanted it to be. So change of scenery. He's now playing in, in Denver for Denver, obviously the reigning national champions. So that's probably a, g- a good place to go, but he's got four points in 14 games, still not like electric numbers, but he's not been doing bad or anything. Like he's still doing good. It's just Denver also has a really deep lineup. Like they just have really solid players throughout their, their team. So, I mean, that's part of it too. If you transfer to Denver, you're not probably just going to be like their top guy right away. Cause they have plenty of players like Carter Mazur and, and Massimo Rizzo and a bunch of these other guys who have just been tearing it up. So he's been doing good. He's a sophomore. I'd say he still has plenty of time that I would expect him to stay in college just because it seems like he hasn't really found his stride yet in college. With the amazing Mm -hmm. numbers he's had in the USHL, he hasn't really hit that yet in college. So I think he can do that, absolutely. But I think there's still time left that he can develop and and take his game to the next level, at least in the NCAA. Because I think if he made the move to the to the professional level now, it probably wouldn't work out super well. So I think he's a really good prospect, but I think there's some time left for him to develop. Look, he's got size. He's got the draft pedigree. You know, like we'll, we'll have to see it's up. The rest is up to him. Um, and then finally our last, uh, the last of our, I guess, quartet of prospects here is Judd Caulfield of North Dakota. Not sure. Is he, is he any relation to uh, Cole? I do not believe so. I, th- right. I think this is a, a separate Caulfield. I feel like there's been quite a few, Caulfields and hockey there's all these Hughes's also I feel yes. like there's there's just these names where it's like are they related I don't think so but there's like a million of them so pretty sure this is a different whole different thing so he's actually from Grand Forks North Dakota so he's mm-hmm. playing for North Dakota so someone like that but a big guy he's six foot four he's a he's a big power forward basically uh but he was a fifth round pick uh, a couple years ago back in 2019 Last year, he had 20 points in 39 games, so not too shabby at all. And every time since I'm a St. Cloud State fan, watch a lot of the NCHC, he's just been a really solid player for for North Dakota the past few years. He's not going to have like the biggest, flashiest stats of anybody 
in in the NCHC or in the NCAA, but he's he's been a really solid player for their team. Uh, good power forward. He should be a, a solid player, I think, at the at the pro level. Again, probably not somebody who's gonna explode for for a ton of points or be like a huge impact player right away. But I think he's gonna end up being a really solid prospect. Another former NTDP player. So it looks like Philadelphia must just really love these these NTD or yes, sorry, not that, that, that's sacrilegious duh. right there. Be careful. I was, yeah, I was thinking of football. Sorry, duh. <laughs> Pittsburgh, duh. Penguins. My mind switched around. Yeah, so Pittsburgh must really like those NTDP players because I think three of these four were NTB, NTDP products. Were, so maybe yeah. if they're they're doing the draft, they're like, oh, what do we do now? Well, let's just let's just grab a national team player. I mean, that's 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 not a bad thing. I mean. I don't, I mean, I, solid. I mean, I feel like you, you can't really go too wrong with those players, I guess. I don't think it's a crazy coincidence that, uh, uh, that Brian Burke is their president of hockey operations and he has deep ties to USA hockey and that they've in the last like two years, basically, since he's come on in 2022 and 2021, they picked a lot of NTVB guys. I, I don't think that's a coincidence, but we'll have to see. Oh, d- or yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Pittsburgh, I think I was thinking of last week because we did Philadelphia last week, right? We did the Flyers. We did, yeah. Yes. We're doing them in alphabetical, everybody. So if that's, yes, that's why, because we're doing each division, division, alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. You know, In case you hadn't caught on. The, Pens- yet, the Pennsylvania teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. PA, you know, you, yeah, you I, did them right next to each other. I totally get it. Don't and- worry, Flyers fans. I know yeah. you're. I know you're a different team. I promise. But they only they only have four players on here. So Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's why we talked a lot about other news today because Pittsburgh Penguins. They only had four prospects we had to talk about. So nice and easy, nice and quick compared to some of the other other teams where we got like ten or eleven guys we got to talk about. Yeah. Well, we're on to you, Brian Burke, because we know that you're behind all these <laughs> national team development guys. And uh, and we and you know this brings us to the end of the show. So we will be back next week uh, to go through yet another week of in the American pipeline. Things are heating up or I guess cooling down considering winter is, is essentially right here. Um, but that's when the fun really starts. So we'll be able to do that. Sydney, thanks again for doing this with me. Always love it. And uh, you know, go to the hockey for all your lovely, lovely hockey content needs and uh, use BetMGM for your betting needs.